take drugs, Danny? Yeah. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. Money, 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 money. Ready over there? Ready. I think we can do this. Ready, Freddy. Welcome back. This is WTM. Watch this movie. I am Eric Mulder. So he says, wrecked him, damn near killed him. I do need to get a new clip pretty soon, I think. Probably. It's been a while. Yeah. Switch it up. You, you're, you're staying, uh, you're staying Pat, standing Pat, right? For, for a minute, yeah. Yeah. That voice you hear. Is Mr. Positivity himself, Brett. A.K.A. Wolfie T. A.K.A. Well, I just feel that we're all made exactly the way we're supposed to be. Oh, no, hell no, I'm a Christian, and you ain't gonna sit there and blame God for how you look, okay? You have a second A.K.A.? I'm glad you, I'm glad you hit the button, because <laughs> I, I was gonna say the Wolfman, but uh, we haven't used that in a while. Yeah. Mr. Positivity fits me so well. <laughs> You just liven up every episode you're in. People call me that in real life. <laughs> More than once. Pe- people you don't know. <laughs> Listeners of the show? Never never when you're around. Yeah. All right. Today's episode is just going to be a recently seen app. We haven't done one of these in a while. No, it's it's been probably a month. Yeah, a couple fortnights. At yeah. least. Yeah, a couple fortnights would be about a month. <laughs> yeah. 28 days. That's one month out of the 12-month calendar. Except for leap year, of course. Almost, almost. Uh, oh, you're you're considering February, but it's not February, so. It is not. It's September. September. Getting sure. towards the end. Yeah. Our horror extravaganza is in full swing. We're doing Child's Play next week. I think we're going to record on Tuesday. And it won't be child's play, but it will. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> uh, That's called wordplay. <laughs> I think we'll do maybe a news episode next week as well. And then I think we're going to move on to Carrie. Maybe do a breakdown of Carrie. Um, yeah, I heard Jason wants to do that one, so he's not here today. No, he's busy. So is Jones. It's no longer with us. Though I think Jones Today. will be back for Child's Play, and so will Jason. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get to the topic at hand here. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? What did you see, Brett? I watched a movie from 2018 called Proud Mary. Mm. It's, uh, directed by Babak Najafi. Uh, starring <clears throat> Taraji P. Henson, Billy Brown, uh, Jahi Diallo Winston, that's a mouthful, uh, Neil McDonough, Margaret Avery, Xander Berkeley, uh, some other people, and Danny Glover is in there. Synopsis, uh, Mary is a hit woman working for an organized crime family in Boston 
whose life is completely turned around when she meets a young boy whose path she crosses when a professional hit goes bad. So, uh, yeah, this this movie was kind of promoted as like a homage to like 1970s, like Pam Greer style movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the opening credits perpetuate that, but it didn't really have that feel in the movie itself. Yeah. It felt more like a Jason Statham type movie mm-hmm. where Taraji is playing the Jason Statham hitman character. Yeah. Um, seemed like this, because this came out not long after Atomic Blonde, it seemed like this was another one in like a string of, you know, female-led actioners. Right. Um, for sure. And it's it's uh, not as good as Atomic Blonde. I liked Atomic Blonde. This one was, it was entertaining enough, but... Uh, it was it was a pretty generic story. Yeah. Um so the boy that she crosses paths with in the beginning she's shown committing a a hit and then there's a boy in the apartment and then it cuts to a year later and she kind of works her way into the boy's life and kind of takes him in and takes care of him and then the hit that goes wrong is the the catalyst for the rest of the story um so uh she's a hit woman for uh a family that's run by danny glover so you know there's that going on for it uh like i said it's kind of a generic story uh generic mob Mm -hmm. mafia type story um two families kind of feuding with each other so that's what you mean by Jason Statham type movie, just generic yeah. action. <laughs> yeah, so it's like two two mob families looking for a reason to go to war, and then the main character's kind of caught in between. She playing both sides consciously? Well, she does something, and uh, she's trying to keep from being caught by both sides. Mm. So, so both- I, was, I was wondering if it was kind of a you know fistful of dollars, Yojimbo type story not really um basically she she does something she wasn't supposed to do nobody knows that it was her so there are both all both families are trying to figure out who did it i see yeah Um, it's a little different and meanwhile she's trying to take care of this kid who she (laughs) turned into an orphan Mm -hmm. and and it starts out of out of guilt and then they kind of build a relationship uh kind of a mother-son type relationship um but uh uh at the end there's there's a, a scene um at the climax that uh is uh pretty unrealistic and I really wanted to hate it. Mm-hmm. Um just the physics of it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But it's set uh to Tina Turner's version of Proud Mary. Okay. And it was it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. So it was like I, I liked the scene. It was probably my favorite scene in the movie. But I really wanted to hate it because of how fake it was. <laughs> but uh, that scene wasn't really enough to, you know, carry the rest of the movie. Yeah. So I'll give it a, a last resort. All right. It's a last resort. He's so nonchalant about it. It's a last resort. <laughs> As he should be. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'm going to kick off my string of recently seen with black Klansman from 2018 Ooh. 
Spike Lee's newest joint, starring John David Washington, who is Denzel Washington's son. Uh, also starring Adam Driver, Laura uh, Harrier, Harrier, Topher Grace, Alec Baldwin, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., your boy from The Wire. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, Robert John Burke, Brian Tarantina, and let's see, Damaris Lewis, Corey Hawkins. Um, you might remember Corey Hawkins from uh, Straight Out Compton. He was Dr. Dre. Okay. He was in that 24 re- reboot, too, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, Storyline. Ron Stallworth, an African-American police officer from Colorado, successfully manages to infiltrate the local KKK uh, with the help of a white surrogate who eventually becomes head of the local branch. So, yeah, John David Washington plays, you know, kind of a rookie cop. You know, they kind of start him off with the records room type stuff, you know. You can tell it's uh, they're trying to get some minorities into the police department because they don't have any. Yeah. You know, so they encourage them. They have a big banner, you know, minorities encouraged to apply. But mm. even the application process is still pretty tough. There's a they have two. There's a commanding officer. And then there was a, a black uh, law. Inf- I, I don't know what his role was. I don't know if he's a detective or some sort of a. I don't know. He was worked with the police department, but you never really know what his job is. But they were both handling the interview process and it was, they were just grilling them. Hmm. So it still seemed like it was hard as shit to get in. Right. But anyways, uh, he wants to go undercover and, uh, he ends up, like it says, infiltrating the KKK. He sees an ad in the paper, makes a phone call for more information. And he, you know, he does a little bit of a Chappelle white voice. <laughs> They're taking out ads in the paper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the local papers this is in uh, Colorado Springs. Wow. Jones is old stomping grounds. That's where Jones used to live before he moved to Minnesota. Hmm. Yeah. Explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Explains what? <laughs> Not saying, but I'm just saying. Well, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, so Adam Driver ends up playing a surrogate because obviously uh, Ron Stallworth can't show up to the Klan meetings. <laughs> And uh, they meet a, you know, s- several figures from history along the way. David Duke is in here, played by Topher Grace. Topher Grace was great as, as I would say he was great as David Duke, but I never really listened to that asshole speak, so I don't really know what he sounded like or what his messages were other than, you know, I know he was a racist asshole. That's about it. And Topher Grace was great at that, so... Yeah, I, th- I think when you're watching movies about historical figures, it's almost better if you don't know exactly how they act and talk, and because mm-hmm. then you're constantly comparing them to the real person. Yeah, and it can kind of ruin the performance for you if there's any little subtle differences. Yeah, I mean this so. is based on a true story, and especially those I don't like to you know read ahead. I like to watch mm-hmm. the movie and then kind of research it. Yeah, but I'm not gonna start googling old david duke speeches so i'm just like taking the spike's word for it and i'm sure he did the research but yeah the cast is great in here so john david washington denzel's kid i haven't seen him in anything yet 
And this is okay. So he was. He was in Ballers. Okay, yeah, he played Ricky Jarrett. It says. Mm-hmm. And then he's done a couple of things with some other films his dad made. But uh, yeah, I think he he's a chip off the old block. He's a uh, he did he was great in here, charismatic, funny moments. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him and a lot more things going forward. Um, I definitely think this was a return to form for Spike Lee. I haven't. I, this is probably his best movie in twenty years. Although I haven't seen the twenty fifth hour in about fifteen years, and I keep on hearing how good that is. Yeah, I, I don't I watched don't that. really remember much. Yeah, I watched that not that long ago, and I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was good. I did like Inside Man quite a bit. That was in 07, I think. Yeah, I saw that in the theater, and I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. And I I kind of want to watch it again, but I, yeah. I just never do. It's a really great premise to that movie. Right, yeah. And it's kind of it doesn't really seem like a Spike Lee movie. There's a, a scene or two in there that are like, okay, yeah, this is a Spike Lee movie. Right. But I mean, there is there's larger issues or themes of race in that movie mm-hmm. because everyone is treated as a suspect and whatnot. Yeah. 25th Hour doesn't really feel like a Spike Lee movie either to me. Yeah. Although yeah, it is well, it's a little different cuz the main character is the, the protagonist is a white guy. Yeah. That doesn't happen too often. But, yeah, I would say there's a couple of scenes I could have done without in this movie. But overall, it was fantastic. Fascinating story. Uh, a lot of fun. Very interesting stuff. I will give it a soonish. Watch this movie soonish. Ooh. Soonish. It's right on the border. But, you know, the cast is great. Spike Lee returning to form. I think that deserves a soonish. There you go. What else have you seen? Uh, from 1984, Break In, directed by Joel Silberg, starring Lucinda Dickey, Adolfo, Shabadoo Canonis, Michael Boogaloo Shrimp Chambers, Ben Loki, Christopher McDonald, a.k.a. Shooter McGavin, uh ice tea is in there it's gotta be right when he was starting out yeah he uh when did cop killer come out like 88 89 yeah late 80s early 90s yeah i think that's about it for uh cast uh synopsis a struggle a struggling young jazz dancer meets up with two break dancers together they become the sensation of the street crowds so, uh, this is a pretty, uh, famous breakdancing movie. Mm-hmm. It's been parodied and spoofed and, you know, reimagined, I guess. Yep. Many, many times. Uh, which a lot of times, if you see that kind of thing before you see the movie, it kind of ruins the movie. But I think in this case, it adds to it. Mm-hmm. Makes it more enjoyable. I will say the first, like, 20 or 30 minutes are not what I expected. Yeah. They were uh, very much different. Um, but if you can get through that part, knowing that the stuff that you are expecting is coming after it, it gets a lot better once okay. it gets to that part. Um, obviously, there's you know a lot of breakdancing, a lot of early 80s hip-hop. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, a lot of record scratching, uh, African Bombada style okay. hip hop. Ice T early early uh, career Ice T. <laughs> He's the uh, like the house MC at the rec center. Mm-hmm. Uh, his outfit is pretty silly. Uh, Which I hear they have to save said rec center in the second movie. Yeah, I, I believe that's the the basis of the second, uh, which I I will watch soon. Mm. Break into Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, which I just want to see Break In just so I can watch the second one for the title alone. Such a famous sequel title. And uh, yeah, I I have that queued up at home, and I will be watching that in the near future. Um, DVR that. I did DVR that. Yeah. I don't know if it's still on demand or not, but. The Turner Classic Movies was showing it. Yeah, TCM. A couple of days left, probably. Probably because it was on last weekend, so maybe not. We'll yeah. see. Um, anyways, uh, you know, lots of '80s fashion, break dancing, break dance bi- battles. Um, there's the uh, scene that Dave Chappelle once parodied on his show of uh, Turbo, one of the dancers. Sweeping up outside and break dancing <laughs> with his broom. <laughs> um, I can only assume, I haven't seen You Got Served, but You Got Served seems like it's probably inspired by this movie, okay. at least part of this movie. Christopher McDo- McDonald plays a talent agent who seems really kind of pervy and creepy, which you keep waiting for him to turn and become the villain, but he's one of the good guys, Yeah, which is really weird. Um, I assume it's, I don't, I don't know what his, uh, resume looks like, but I assume it's one of his earlier roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, it's a lot of fun if you're into that kind of music and stuff and want to, want to get a, a look at that, uh, that type of culture. I, I don't know personally, but I assume it captured it pretty well. Yeah. Um, like I said, knowing all the spoofs and parodies just adds to the enjoyment of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will give it an eventually eventually official stamp of approval break in all right my next one you know it's horror extravaganza time so let's talk about some horror movies huh all right i saw from 2006 the host have you heard of the host i've heard of that there's, there's a bunch of movies called the host but it's the korean one right yep the korean one is what i saw from your favorite director, Jun Ho Bong, who did Snowpiercer, just your favorite movie. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's not even. It's not even. The, I accept the the part that drives <laughs> the, the story, even though it doesn't make sense. But the things that it happen that just go on. With you. Yeah, Brett was not a fan of Snowpiercer. I, however, loved it. It was the train cars didn't make sense. <laughs> like the perpetual motion and the reversal of global warming. I'll accept that. But Which is the, weird that you accept that and then everything else. <laughs> like once they got out of that back car, it was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> so this is star. I'm going to butcher some names here, so bear with me. Uh, starring Kang Ho Song, Hebong Byun, High Il Park. Duna Bay, Koa Song, Desu O, uh, David Ensalemo. There's a couple of white actors here, American actors. Hmm. 
storyline. A monster emerges from from Seoul's Han River and focuses its attention on attacking people. One victim's loving family does what it can to rescue her from its clutches. So, there's a little bit of history behind this movie. It was kind of political themes. Apparently, there was some sort of controversy um, back in the early to mid-2000s about some American scientists dumping a bunch of chemicals into the river. Oh. Um, I think formaldehyde. I think they used formaldehyde in this one where they just dump out a bunch of it. And all of a sudden, this monster comes up, and it's massive. Okay. It's like dragon-sized. <laughs> so, I mean, this movie's gotten accolades over time. It's hailed as a you know a classic. So I had to check it out. Um, I would say the one thing that kind of holds it back a little bit is the monster because it's CGI, but it's mm-hmm. mid two thousand CGI, right? And it's not like this was, you know. A, a movie with a massive, you know, Hollywood budget. You know, it's a Korean film. But the story's pretty great. Um I mean, the monster's still fun. They do there's some fun effects in there. It just, you know, c- kind of takes you out a little bit cuz it's pretty fakey CGI mm-hmm. or just looks like the I can't even describe it. Just the way the CGI looks. You can tell it's right. pretty pretty dated. Like cartoonish almost. A little bit, yeah. But um I still, like I said, I don't want to get too far into the weeds with the political themes and things like that, because um, I think that's kind of half for the fun of the movie or finding out about it or learning about it afterwards. Um, I was, I will say I was slightly disappointed, but it's still a great movie. I always love when I can make time and see some of these Korean horror films, especially from uh, this director. Um, I would give it... And eventually. All right. Eventually. The yeah. host. Of all the Korean horror movies, that's the one that I always hear about. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. At least lately. I yeah. guess it used I to guess be like very the, popular. You know, the Grudge and Ringu and all that. Were those Korean or Japanese? Mm, shit, now I'm second guessing. I thought those ones were Japanese. Possibly. All right, we'll just cut this out because I don't really want to look it up right now. <laughs> you can leave it in. It's okay if you're wrong. All right. Anyways. Just keep going and I'll I'll look it up. 1975, Cooley High, directed by Michael Schultz, starring Glenn Turman, Lawrence Hilton Jacobs, Garrett Morris, Cynthia Davis, Corn Rogers, Maurice Leon Havis, Joseph Carter Wilson, Sherman Smith, Norman Gibson, Maurice Marshall, Stephen Williams. That could go on and on. Um, let's see. Synopsis. In 1964, a group of high school friends who live on the near north side of Chicago enjoy life to the fullest parties, hanging out, meeting new friends. Then life changes for two of the guys when they get when they meet a pair of career criminals and get falsely arrested in connection with stealing a Cadillac. We follow their lives through the end of, the, of high school and the dramatic end of their school year. Uh, this movie was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this movie. I saw that it was, it's been compared to, uh, 
American graffiti um, as far as the style of filmmaking and story mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, Slice of Americana. A yeah, a little bit, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's about a group of high school kids, and, you know, they they like to have fun. They go, they play hooky, they go to the zoo, they have parties, you know, they just kind of hang out and, and, you know, do their stuff. Um, but there's also, you know, challenges and things that they have to worry about and um, trying to get out of high school, and one of them's trying to get uh a basketball scholarship one of them's trying to go to hollywood to be a writer um but you know it's 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 a lot of fun just hanging out with the characters right mm-hmm. um it's it's dramatic but it's funny at the same time there's a lot of witty one-liners and just you know ripping on each other and making fun of each other and cracking jokes and mm-hmm. um so i really had a lot of fun with it you can see that it, it had a lot of influence on things that came after it. Um, so I will give it a soonish for oh. Cooley High. Soonish. Got some good movies today. Yeah. Eventually, soonish. Too soonish. Uh-huh. All right. I watched another horror film from 2014 Creep. That sounds familiar. It is. I don't think I've seen it, though. It was directed by Patrick Bryce. It was written by Patrick Bryce and Mark Duplass. Starring Patrick Bryce and Mark Duplass. Ooh. It's a very indie horror film. Very low budget. Bare bones. Mark Duplass does a lot of that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, him and his brother, I guess you could say. Uh, Storyline. A young videographer answers an online ad for a one jo- for a one-day job in a remote town to record the last messages of a dying man. When he notices the man's odd behavior, he starts to question his intentions. So, Patrick Bryce plays the videographer. And so, you know, he's the guy who directed the movie, he's shooting the movie, wrote it with his subject Mark Duplass who plays Joseph, who's the dying man. Mm-hmm. Um, brings him up to he, he, what he says is his cabin um, that he would go with with, with his family, the wife and kid. And uh, apparently he's dying of brain cancer. Mm-hmm. And so he wants to kind of videotape him just throughout a couple of days to pass along some messages to his son and for his son to get a chance to see what his dad was really like before he died and whatnot. But, you know, it's a horror movie, and obviously that's not exactly what happens. <laughs> Um, this movie is very short. It's an hour and 17 minutes. I will say it is uh, a little maybe slow at first or just, you know, weird. Right. Very uncomfortable. You know, kind of like how uh, you watch The Office and there's certain things that Michael Scott will say and do. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I should be laughing right now. But I'm like, <laughs> like he's giving me anxiety just watching him what he's doing. Right. Yeah. It's really uncomfortable. Um, so, yeah, he's a creep. Mm-hmm. How about that? Fits the title. Um, so, yeah, this movie is pretty, I guess, impressive with its bare bones aspect and how much how much of a story they can actually tell. I would say the ending really pulls it together, uh, the final scene, because I'm still not exactly sure how they shot it. Okay. Like, I'm pretty sure I know, but you couldn't tell by just looking at it. Let's put it that way. Hmm. 
which I think is pretty impressive for the budget of the film. So I will give this an eventually. Eventually. It's on Netflix. Yeah. So is the sequel. Those Duplass brothers, they got a show on uh, HBO called Room 104, mm-hmm. which uh, is kind of like a Twilight Zone type show. Yeah. Like, they assume kind of in the same ilk as Creep, um, at least for some of the episodes. But it's like everything takes place in a, the same ho- <laughs> hotel room, and it kind of just tells a different story every episode. Okay. Um, so I assume... If you haven't seen it, you'd probably enjoy it if you yeah. like his work. I mean, this this movie, Creep, isn't in a confined space like that, but... But, uh, like, stylistically, it's yeah, pretty similar. Yeah, it's, you know, there's only certain... There's only so much you can do with a budget mm-hmm. like that and... Right. With a single camera. So, yeah, if you haven't seen Room 104, I would check that out. Um, if you like the Duplass brothers. Um, My last one. Last one, right? Yeah. Uh, going back to 1984 for Ghoulies. Ghoulies? Have you seen Ghoulies? I have not. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by uh, Luca... Luca Brasi? Bercovici. Ber- <laughs> I think it's Bercovici. Uh, starring Peter Leopas, Lisa Pelican... Michael DeBar, Jack Nance, Peter Risch, Tamara Detro, Mike Thompson, uh, Ralph Seymour, Mariska Hargitay, Keith Joe Dick, David Diane, Victoria Caitlin, etc., etc. Synopsis. A young man and his girlfriend move into an old mansion home where he becomes possessed by a desire to control ancient demons. This movie sucks. (laughs) 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 So, like, the poster is one of these ghouly things coming out of a toilet. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Mm. So you think it's going to be fun and kind of cheesy, and it's all about, uh, like, satanic rituals and... Then there's these little creatures, and they're puppets, but they look super fake because they don't have any kind of articulation. They're just, like, rubber. They're, like, made of rubber. Mm-hmm. So, like, they don't they don't move. And when they do move, it just looks like somebody's just, like, like m- moving it back and forth. Like, the whole thing moves at once. It has no, like, is it no articulation. It doesn't change... It's a facial expression whatsoever. The story is nonsense. The acting is bad. Um, it's it's not good. It's not funny. Hmm. It's not even an unintentionally funny. <laughs> so really, I will give it a never. Never for Ghoulies. Al Pacino is not happy. Don't watch it. Never. <laughs> <laughs> We don't get to play that one too often. It the poster will trick you thinking it's yeah. like a like a Gremlins type thing or something. But Fun, campy eighties horror yeah, movie. Yeah, and it's not. It takes itself way too seriously, hmm. but it doesn't deserve it. Uh, and it's not even bad enough to be like funny or good. So, not worth it. 
All right. Well, I guess my last film, let's just complete the series. Creep 2. Saw Creep 2 from oh. 2017. So he didn't die. <laughs> Spoilers. Directed by Patrick Bryce, again. Also written by him and Mark Duplass. This movie has a few more cast members. as has uh, Karen Sony, who you would remember from um, Deadpool 1 and 2. He's the dopeender, dopeinder, oh, okay. whatever his yeah. name is. The taxi driver, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, also stars Desiree Akavan, uh, Kaveh Zaidi, and that's about it. There's a couple more, but storyline. A video artist looking for work drives to a remote house in the forest to meet a man claiming to be a a serial killer. But after agreeing to spend the day with him, she soon realizes that she made a deadly mistake. So, once again, very similar to Creep 1. This movie's one minute longer and an hour and 18 minutes. So, so before we get to she goes up there to meet a man who says he's a serial killer. Mm Mm-hmm. And realizes she made a deadly mistake. Yeah. She does a series, like a web series, where she, you know, videographer, she documents certain people with interesting, fascinating stories, but that she doesn't necessarily believe. Okay. Like, she plays along, like, for the story Hmm. type of thing. So. And then when it happens to be real, she's like, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, kind of. You got me. So I haven't seen it. That's probably not what happens. <laughs> yeah, the I wouldn't say that's the exact storyline. There's definitely some nuance to it. Yeah, I, it's obviously an oversimplification. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it's similar. Obviously, in tone to the first one, similar setup. I would say I like this one a lot more, at least in the first two acts. Okay. Uh, that it was more exciting. There was, wasn't as, I guess you'd maybe got to know the character of the first one. So you kind of mm-hmm. are used to it now. Right. Um, I thought it was a lot more fun and I guess creepy overall first uh, and the, but the final act, or I guess maybe like the final couple scenes I was not really a fan of. It was okay. kind of the opposite of the first one hmm. where I was like, kind of got through the first two acts and then like the. Final scene was like, yeah, this is really fucking good. And then it was kind of the opposite for the second one. Okay. So that needs a little, little bit of a letdown for me, I guess. But these two kind of go together. You know, like I said, they're both on Netflix. I think I'll still give it eventually. You know, it's still, I'm guessing the budget was slightly higher, but it's not like yeah. they rolled off the red carpet for it and anything. So I'll give it eventually. Eventually. But, I mean, these types of movies, you have to be into found footage stuff, you know, that right. style, guerrilla-style filmmaking, bare bones. It's kind of like if Robert Rodriguez wanted to film a movie with just him and his buddy. Yeah. <laughs> a horror movie. I mean, when it when it's done good, done well, it, it's really good. Uh, but there's a lot where there a lot of movies where it's not done well. Yeah. And I also give this movie a little bit more benefit of the doubt because of how short they are. Hmm. I mean, a lot of horror movies are short and shorter, but yeah. you're coming on hour 15 minutes. That's not much. Right. Well, and then, it, it, so, I mean, it can, 
it can drag for a little bit, and you're like, well, it's already half done anyways. Yeah. <laughs> and they have so few characters, it's hard to, you know, fault them for keeping it short. You know, there's only so much development you can squeeze out of two yeah. or three characters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's that time of year again where I'm watching a lot of horror movies, so I'll report on the watch the entire Slumber Party Massacre trilogy. So I'll maybe talk about that next time. Not bad. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it is. I haven't seen it. So <laughs> First one I, I liked quite a bit. Second one is bizarre. The third one is just kind of, you know, not good. I don't want to get into it, but I watched a movie called Scarecrows that was <laughs> just slightly better than Ghoulies. <laughs> <laughs> Ever so slightly. All right. Well, anything else you want to add? No, man. I I think, uh, you know, we were kind of had a variety of uh, movies in this in this episode. Just, you know, genres and et cetera and mm-hmm. quality. So, you know, yeah. take it for what it is. Yeah. Haven't done one of these in a while. So, yeah. you're getting it out there. Recently seen movies. Yeah, so stay tuned for... I guess the meat of our horror extravaganza that's coming up and uh, please follow us on Twitter at watch this underscore movie. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. You can reach out to us, email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com and please rate and review subscribe and iTunes and or Stitcher. If you could do that, that would be great. Yep. All right. We'll check you later. Check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you're off my case.